1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome into another episode of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Julian Council, here with you once again. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. You can also check us out on Spotify, on Stitcher, on the new Odyssey app, and pretty much wherever you get your podcast from, which I'm telling you right now to do that. Weekly Friday mailbag back again, but we're going to have some different times of the week where you can get a pod. Typically, I'm going to try and do Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays throughout this off-season mode that we have here on Locked on Panthers where you're getting at least three podcasts a week. You might get four. You could get five. It really depends on what news is going on at the Carolina Panthers. Right now, if OTA is going on, I've been talking about that, which you heard the other day, which was yesterday on Thursday. Now you're gonna hear the weekly mailbag, which you're gonna keep doing every Friday throughout the off season. Probably gonna change the date once we get into the season. But look at it Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. That's what we should be looking at for the Lockdown Panthers podcast. But if like this week, where Monday is a holiday, and I don't put out a podcast on Wednesday, I put one out on Tuesday, then Thursday, then Friday, you're gonna need to subscribe. Or you need to follow the podcast so that you know what's going on. You can also follow me at Council on Twitter where I will continue to tweet out the podcast link and let you know at least if you don't click on a link right there, just know that the podcast is out there for you. I had one guy tweet at me be like, I didn't get a podcast yesterday. I don't know what to do. Or I guess the other day, he talked about Wednesday or whatever. Yeah, I didn't get a podcast. What was supposed to do with that? locked walked on Panthers. Well, for now, you're going to take a deep breath. Breathe with me and you'll be fine because I will continue to get podcasts out to you three times a week throughout the off-season mode and then once we get cranked up here probably starting in August after the July 27th date to start training camp down at Wofford in Spartanburg, South Carolina you'll be getting your podcast five days a week again all the way until May like we just had so I'm here for you guys and I appreciate the support and I appreciate you listening and we'll continue to talk Carolina Panthers on today's episode again it's the Weekly Friday Mailbag, so I'm going to answer your questions that you can send in to me by tweeting at me, at Council or just adding me or DMing me, whatever you got to do. Send in the questions, because I want to answer your questions, whatever you have, as it pertains to the Carolina Panthers. But before then, I do want to talk about a few other things going on with the Panthers. I have noticed, apparently, this has come to my attention via Twitter, that there is a referendum on every throw that Sam Donald is making at OTAs. I've kind of talked about this a little bit by telling people, and I'm going to reiterate this because apparently this is something I'm going to have to do every day from the from OTAs to mandatory minicamp to apparently training camp once we get down to Spartanburg. All these practice throws are something I'm apparently going to have to talk about and tell people to relax. Calm down. If Sam Darnold throws a a great throw, that's fantastic. Good. Go ahead and get that um rapport that you need with your receivers. You throws a bad throw, an interception. Not great, but also whatever, it's OTAs, they're voluntary workouts. He is learning the offense right now. He is trying to gain an understanding of his receivers and tight ends and running backs. And unfortunately he's getting understanding of some of the defensive backs from my understanding. But still, it's not that big of a deal. We don't need to do this. I know y'all are excited about the season. You're interested to see whether Sam Darnold's the answer. I, quite frankly, have already let it be known that I don't think he's going to be the answer. And the Panthers are very likely to be back in the same position next offseason that they were in this offseason trying to find a quarterback. Just based off of what I've seen in New York and just previously, what's gone on with guys that have been drafted in the top 10, or at least in the first round, and gone gone to their teams and not succeeded and not gotten a second contract... They typically have not gone on and had a great career elsewhere. I know people like to bring up Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill was good enough where Miami actually gave him an extension. The Jets never gave Sam Darnold an extension, let alone uh, exercise his fifth-year option, which the Panthers did, of course, after uh, the NFL draft this year. So it's not like he's in the same boat. Yeah, he's getting away from Adam Gase, but the Dolphins, it wasn't like they didn't believe in Ryan Tannehill at some point where they actually gave him money. The Jets never got to the point where they believed in Sam Darnold where, hey, let's give you an extension, because he wasn't good. So I'm not a believer in Sam Darnold, but still I'm gonna let things play out and see how he performs once we get into the season, and that's when I'll start having an evaluation of him. I know Matt Rules said not every game needs to be a referendum on Sam Darnold, just like not every OTA pass, which I think is a little bit, you know, less important, of course, in the actual games being played this fall. Not those don't have to be a referendum on Sam Darnold, but still. Like let's get into the season. See how things play out after the first couple of weeks. And, and not even just the first couple of weeks, because last year, after the first couple of weeks, I was seeing a bunch of articles about how great Teddy Bridgewater was for the Carolina Panthers and how, oh, maybe this guy's the answer. And then only took the second half of the season to find out, oh, wait, Teddy actually is not the answer, which I think everyone, including Matt Rule, should have known the minute the Panthers gave him a three year, $60 million deal and eventually getting rid of him after one season for $33 million. So that might be the same situation that plays out here with Sam Darnold. But still, I'm going to let the season play out. And along this the way, I will give my opinion on how things are going. But right now, not that concerned. Because it's OTAs and, come on, it's June. Let's relax. Also going on, apparently, um, Tommy Stevens, who I talked about, who was waived by the Panthers. He has been unclaimed off of waivers. I had said, and Matt Rule had spoken about it on Wednesday afternoon following OTA practice that, you know, this is the roster right now does not mean that's going to be the roster that they go to in Spartanburg, and that's not going to mean that some of the guys who are here won't bank the 53-man roster. So Tommy Stevens, I don't think we've seen the last of him in a Carolina Panthers uniform, uh, which is unfortunate for me considering I have no interest in watching Tommy Stevens try to be the Panthers' version of Taysom Hill. It's good for Tommy Stevens if he gets another opportunity. Just right now, the Panthers want to see as many players as they can And didn't figure out who they want to take to Spartanburg. So, if I had to guess, Tommy Stevens will probably get another opportunity. He won't be in Spartanburg, South Carolina on July 27th with the Carolina Panthers. One more thing I want to say before we get into your questions. Uh, Mick Mixon, the voice of the Carolina Panthers on the radio, is going to be retiring after the 2021 season. That was announced today by Panthers.com and, of course, by Mick himself. And he's been great, in my opinion. I know a lot of Panther fans don't love Mick Mixon. They think he's boring. But for me, the style of broadcaster I like. I mean, I like, okay, look, I like guys like Gus Johnson. I think Mike Breen, who's on ESPN and who does NBA and also calls Knicks games. I think he's fantastic. I was always a big Brent Musburger fan. I think Chris Fowler for college football. He kind of had to grow on me. I think he's a really good play-by-play guy. I like Ian Eagle. I love plenty of dudes out there. I've never been a fan of kind of like the screaming type. Eric Collins, who does the games on Valley Sports Southeast for the Charlotte Hornets, I think is a good play-by-play man. He is well-prepared. You can hear that by just listening to him during the games. He's just not necessarily my favorite because I just don't need you screaming over every little thing. Now, yeah, there's a crazy bunch of things that happen in Hornets games um, with Miles Bridges dunks and, of course, what Lamelo Ball is doing for the team this past year. Certainly be excited, but there's a time and a place and. Not everything warrants and elicits a response to lose your absolute mind at every point in time. So they can be a happy medium. Yeah, I think Mick Mixon probably is on the lower end of the scale in terms of just like when you talk about energy and excitement during a game. But I think Mick has done a great job calling Panthers games. I think he's very poetic in his openings. and just He has an extremely great grasp of the English language um i think he's amazing i've always been a fan of mick mixon i think he's a great guy i've met him before a few times nice dude carolina guy i listened to woody durham growing up as a carolina fan my parents haven't gone to the university of north carolina chapel hill and mick was back on the broadcast back then i thought one day that he might replace woody durham that did not turn out to be the case because he was happy here in carolina with the panthers and i'm gonna be sad to see him go i'm interested to see who will take over for him but certainly they have some uh, medium-sized shoes to fill, as Mick Mixon has done, in my opinion, a terrific job as a voice of the Carolina Panthers over the past 16 seasons. And then will be 17th season here coming up in 2021, as he has announced that will be his last. All right, on the other side, let's talk about your questions this week for the weekly mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. But first, I've been telling you guys about Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. What's your favorite flavor of Built Bar? Well, there's nine delicious flavors right now, guys. Plus the occasional limited time flavor. And some of my favorites, of course, are coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. Will you say what well, some of your favorites? Well, those are all nine flavors. Yeah, that's right. I love all nine of these flavors. They're incredible. They're covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. There's something for everyone when it comes to built bar and here's the cool thing about it you can mix and match your boxes so if you want coconut and you also want double chocolate well you're in luck you don't have to just get one box of coconut and one box of double chocolate you can mix and match those boxes so that's the cool thing about it also for the people out there who are health conscious well built bars are healthy Um, most flavors have 17 grams of protein only 130 calories only four grams of sugar and only four grams of net carbs Built Bars are awesome, and you need to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands specifications and prices you prefer best of all prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers why spend up to twice as much for the same parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or a truck right locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, it's that time again here on Locked on Panthers. It's that time for me to answer your weekly mailbag questions. Again, follow me on Twitter, at Council. You can either at me, the only time I ever tell you to at me is for this, or you can DM me, but don't get crazy. Your questions every Friday, for the Locked On Panthers Friday Weekly Mailbag. So that's going on throughout the off season. We'll probably change the date once we get in-season, as there's going to be a ton of things to talk about. But I still want to get your interaction because I'm doing this, but I also want to talk to you guys. I don't want to just be here just talking, you know, but I also like want to get your questions and be able to interact so you guys feel like you're a part of the show, which I think is important here on Locked On Panthers. All right, so let's start off with Daniel, who asked me a question last Friday. But I had already recorded the podcast and I would missed it. So I'm going to get to your question now, Daniel. Thank you for being patient and waiting an extra week for me to answer this question for you. Daniel asks, what are your thoughts on if we bring in Malik Hooker? So Malik Hooker, for those of you who don't know, former first-round safety out of the Ohio State University, drafted by the Indianapolis Colts, tore his Achilles last year. The Colts decided even the year the offseason prior that they did not want to exercise his fifth-year option. Well... I'm not necessarily a huge fan of bringing in a guy who's coming off of a torn Achilles. Um, someone who's been a failed first-round pick. Uh, there's already one failed first-round pick on this roster, who I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, Sam Darnold, as I've talked about, not necessarily a believer he's going to do great here in Carolina, but we'll see what happens. Hooker, just the Achilles thing—that's just really tough for me to see how he comes in here and is able to give the Panthers something this season. Because if my imagine, I, I would imagine that. If he does come to Carolina, it's probably going to be on a one-year deal and a prove-it deal. It's going to be really hard for him to prove anything coming off of that kind of serious injury. So maybe later on in the season, if he's a free agent, which I doubt he he will be, considering he's a former first rounder. Once teams get the medicals and now that kind of COVID is gone away in terms of a lot of the restrictions in terms of being able to see guys medicals it might be a little bit easier for him to now go get signed by a team opposed to if this was last year at this time where I think he would have extreme difficulty trying to be able to get signed by an NFL team I just want to think right now that's something that the Carolina Panthers need to be looking at I'm fine with Jeremy Chin moving back to safety Justin Burris we'll see what he has here This upcoming season. But long term. They're going to have to find someone next to Jeremy Chin. If Jeremy Chin does in fact pan out as a safety this season. Even though that's not going to be the only position that he plays. For Carolina here in 2021. And probably beyond. All right, Daniel also asks. Should we try Moten at left tackle. And move someone else to right. No. That's already been done before. Back when Ron Rivera was here. They thought about trying to move Taylor Moten over left tackle. And just things. He's just not a left tackle. Not a thing. Let's hear it. Everything is backwards if you're a right tackle to you're a left tackle. I was reading up in Detroit, apparently, the guy, Panay Sewell, who I want the Panthers to draft, the Lions are keeping Taylor Decker at left tackle, and they're moving Panay Sewell for the time being at right tackle, and he's, it's taking him some time to figure out after playing left tackle um, at Oregon for, what, two seasons, and he opted out of the last season, and now coming back here and playing right tackle, it's just completely different in terms of trying to learn that. Taylor Moten's fine at right tackle. Yeah, he'd probably make more money at left tackle. But considering he is a tackle, he's still going to make a ton of money um, coming up You know, this offseason whenever the Panthers are extending him or someone else gives him a contract. He's going to make a lot of money if he continues to play that he, the way he plays. I just think for right now the best thing for the Carolina Panthers to do is to keep Moten at his natural position at right tackle and then to identify a left tackle. If that's Cam Irving, oh boy, not excited about that. If it's Greg Little... Well, it's about time, as long as he actually plays well. Trent Scott, not excited about that either. Brady Christensen, again, graded as a third-round tackle, second-round guard. I don't even think the Panthers think that he's going to be a left tackle. Dennis Daly, who did play left tackle back in college, who's played a little more guard here in the NFL, maybe he's the guy. I just don't think right now the best thing for the Carolina Panthers to do is to move Taylor Moten from right tackle. Keep him there. You know that's a sure thing with him. I think John Miller's fine at right guard. Matt Paradis at center for one more season. Those three guys, if we're going to talk about any sure bets, I mean, there's only one of them for sure, Taylor Moten. If we're going to talk about any sure bets on the offensive line, those three on the right side make me sleep easy at night compared to the atrocity that's going on on the left side of the offensive line. All right, Sam also has a question for me this week asking, any chance that we could see Chuba Hubbard being a kick returner slash punt returner this year? He has the ability to be a big play player and it could help bring an immediate impact on special teams. I think he will get an opportunity to be a returner on special teams this season. The only issue right now, Chuba Hubbard, kind of like Terrace Marshall, he's continuing to recover from a soft tissue injury that he picked up last year at Oklahoma state where he was injured all season uh, two years ago when he led the NCAA division one in rushing. He was phenomenal. Didn't ever really return punts, my understanding back at Oklahoma state. I don't remember him returning punts. Maybe he did, but for him to get an opportunity on the field And the fact that he is explosive in a playmaker, I would not hate to see that. Again, I will say, and I know people are like, well, why do you keep up bringing McCaffrey? What other team out there has one of their top players return punts? Well, not a lot of them. Tyreek Hill used to return punts for Kansas City. Then they went out there and they drafted uh, McCall Hardman out of Georgia. Now he returns punts, even though he's never going to be as explosive as Tyreek Hill. And they'd still be better off returning punts with Tyreek Hill. Um, And remember, back in the day, Steve Smith... He returned punts for the Panthers. Pretty good at it. And then and they stopped returning punts. You know, had the injury and all that kind of stuff. So I get it. I just think if you're, if that's something that you're real... It doesn't have to be every punt. Like, say late in a game. Late fourth quarter. Panthers need a return. Why not give McCaffrey an opportunity? But I'm certainly here for having Chuba Hubbard get an opportunity to be, be a punt returner this upcoming season for the Carolina Panthers. Blake asked, Do you think the Panthers quarterback coach can make Darnold a better quarterback? He has been the coach for... Watson and Stafford and the Panthers quarterback coach who we haven't spent a lot of time talking about Sean Ryan yes he did spend time with Matt Stafford in Detroit and early on in his career um, he also spent time at least in his career as in as I'm talking about um, Deshaun Watson he was there early in Deshaun Watson's career as a quarterback coach I mean, those guys are both extreme talents. Both first-rounders, of course, like Sam Darnold. Stafford, what, number one overall. Um, Watson should have been the first quarterback taken, but the Bears instead took Mitch Trubisky, trading up to get him out of North Carolina. I don't really necessarily believe like this is about Sean Ryan. If anything, it's going to be about Joe Brady in terms of just like we're going to do a referendum on Sam Darnold and just the coaching staff and who's coaching him. Because last year, everyone talked about, and now with Darnold coming here, Adam Gase, the head coach, play caller from the New York Jets, since been fired, it's Adam Gase's fault that Sam Darnold was bad. That and lack of weapons in the offensive line being atro- atrocious. Now this year, a lot of the talk is now he has weapons around him and he's in Joe Brady's offense. And that's never really been a conversation about Sean Ryan. Certainly, Sean Ryan's experience working with Matthew Stafford and Deshaun Watson and his success that they've had under him and just the overall success that Stafford had, period, um, even apart from Sean Ryan, would lead you to believe that Sam Darnold – as a former first rounder in a situation with the weapons and under Joe Brady would have an opportunity to really excel, hopefully under an experienced quarterback coach and Sean Ryan. So I think he can make him better. Will he make him better? I don't know how much you're really going to tell of it being the actual coaching. It could just be the situation. Like Situationally Sam Darnold should be better. It's just, is he going to be good enough for the Panthers to believe going into 2022 that, yeah, that's our guy and we can extend him or he's gonna, or do we need to go look for another quarterback either via trade or the draft? And right now, I feel like that's far more likely than Sam, Sam Darnold playing to the point where the Panthers are like, yeah, this is definitely our guy moving forward. All right, quick pause and I'll answer more of your questions here on a Friday for the weekly Friday mailbag here on Locked On Panthers. Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts, promo code Locked On.
1: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: All right, let's get back to your questions here on Friday here on the Locked On Panthers podcast. Eric says just a fun hypothetical if you could pick any player currently in the nfl and add them to the panthers roster to give the panthers best chance at a super bowl title who would it be this is easy what's the one position that the carolina panthers need an upgrade on and that we spent i mean y'all spent all this offseason obsessing over the quarterback right who is the top young quarterback in the league who is the guy who's been an mvp in his first year as a starter who has been a Super Bowl MVP in his second year as a starter and was almost an MVP in his third year as a starter again. Patrick Mahomes. I don't think there's any other question. Like I don't think there's a single player in the NFL that you would want other than Patrick Mahomes as your starting quarterback if you're talking about trying to win a Super Bowl. Now, the Panthers are not a quarterback away. And that's something I was saying. Why I was like not all gung-ho about getting a quarterback – cause I felt like, you know, Bridgewater, they can just kind of tread water again, no pun intended, for one season and or, you know, even with bringing in Darnold, like I don't see that as being the answer. I think I always felt with Teddy, they eventually would need to upgrade. That did not need to be this up, this past offseason or this, I guess, current off season. They could have absolutely gone and drafted a quarterback. And they've gotten rid of Teddy and they brought in Sam Darnold instead. And I don't think that's an upgrade at all based off of what I've seen out of Darnold his career and also what I've seen out of Teddy Bridgewater, whether it was here in Carolina or in the past back in Minnesota and New Orleans. So it just, it never was something that I felt like needed to happen. I was all about building the overall roster opposed to just getting a certain position. But looking at how things are right now, and if you're telling me if there's one single player, well, I don't know if Justin Fields is going to be as good as Patrick Mahomes is. Um, highly unlikely, consider what we've seen out of Mahomes so far in his career. Same thing with Zach Wilson, Trevor Lawrence. I'm all about going with the sure bet. So that's why if you're sitting there thinking, well, you didn't want a quarterback, now you want a quarterback. Well, yeah, it's Patrick Mahomes. We've seen what he is and what he's done so far for the Kansas City Chiefs. Give me that guy in this offense. And the Panthers, I don't know if they win. They probably still don't win a division because their roster is not as good as Tampa Bay. But they're absolutely a playoff team. And Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback here for the Carolina Panthers. They need a better offensive line. Um, Defensively, at least in the secondary, there's still question marks. There's still questions on whether guys outside of Brian Burns are going to be consistent enough pass rushers. And that includes Hassan Reddick, who was great last year for Arizona. But was it a lie or was it true? So... Yeah, if there's any player in the NFL that I want that could help this team get the best chance to be a Super Bowl, it would be Patrick Mahomes. I could potentially say a left tackle, but Sam Darnold's quarterback, and I don't believe in Sam Darnold. All right, salesman, speaking of left tackles, um, he asked me, well, yeah, at least he says here, Tell me Cam Irving is not left tackle one heading into Spartanburg. And do you think there's still a chance to grab a bet left tackle? What is our aversion to a solid left tackle? Will Christensen get a real shot at left tackle? Or are they just going to make him a swing guy for year one? I'm scared. Hold me. <laughs> well, salesman, um, I will not hold you. That's uh, Your family can do that for you. And hopefully they are, honestly. Yeah, I, just, I would think right now, I mean, if you go back to kind of what Matt Rule said, and I played it on the show on Thursday... He kind of seems to be a fan of Cam Irving. Looking back at the quote from Wednesday afternoon, uh, Matt Rule said about Cam Irving, we really like his traits, his physical ability. I'm glad that he's here right now because he's getting a lot of work. So, I mean, he started 13 games at left tackle for Dallas and Kansas City over the past two seasons. I, like, he was not good in Cleveland. Like, he was a bust in Cleveland. He's still in the league, still getting paid, $8 million. So, it's hard to call a guy a bust necessarily if they're still in the leagues and still getting opportunities. Like, this is his fourth team. And as a first-rounder, you shouldn't be on your fourth team this early in your career or, like, if ever. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I don't. I think Trent Scott's probably left tackle. Man, I don't even know if he is. Just based, If we're just going based off a of contract, because I already said about Pat Elfline, I think he's a starting left guard right now based off a of contract number. The six million whatever it was guaranteed I think he's gonna be starting left starting left guard I want to tell you sales matter he's not starting left tackle I was I, going to Spartanburg like going to Spartanburg it, it's not a great feeling it doesn't necessarily mean he will be the guy preseason game one preseason game two and preseason game three and of course more more importantly week one against the Jets and even maybe later on in the season like in week 12 oh uh, god I don't know I hope not. I don't know what the aversion is to finding a good left tackle. You saw Panther Confidential. They clearly knew that they needed to get a tackle. They were going to take Panay Sewell, but the Detroit Lions realized, well, why don't we get Panay Sewell? And we're not even going to play him at left tackle. Let's play him at right tackle, which makes it even more infuriating that Detroit took him when they are not even playing him at his natural position. I hate that even more when the Panthers desperately need a guy who can just be a flat-out left tackle. The Panthers wanted to do that, but they did not get the opportunity. I don't think that they're going to get a veteran left tackle at this point in time. I've been asked about it. I think it was um, Morgan Moses was the one I was asked about last week from the Washington football team who they recently cut um, after they also already brought in um, Charles Leno. So, no, I, I just I don't think it's going to happen at this point. Apparently there's reports that the Bears are going to – Interested in Morgan Moses, which would be interesting just to kind of swap guys. So, no, I don't see them bringing in a veteran left tackle. The left tackle room is going to be Cam Irving, Trent Scott, Greg Little. um, Dennis Daly apparently is a part of that. Brady Christensen. If anything, Brady Christensen is probably going to be a guard early in his career, and maybe they'll push him out to left tackle. But I would not expect it to happen this season, unfortunately, salesman. All right, on to Daniel who says, We've talked about how much the defense has improved, but would you, I guess, who would you expect to play nickel corner? I'm not sure how much experience any of the top three guys, JC, Dante Boye, have at the position. So would Chin be a dark horse to get some reps there? Like Jeremy Chin is going to be playing some nickel for sure. Like last year back at linebacker, like he played some points at nickel as well. Um, primarily is going to be a safety, but he's never just going to be a safety. I can see him playing nickel. I can see him playing as some linebacker. I can see him playing obviously safety. I would imagine that you bring in Boye, who's been an All-Pro guy. I don't think he's really necessarily, and I'm you're gonna have to fact check me on this. I don't. I haven't seen a ton of Bo- AJ Boye because I mean, he played for the Houston Texans and of course he played in Jacksonville the last couple of seasons. I'm not watching the Jacksonville Jaguars play. I would just imagine that a dude who got paid five years, sixty-seven point. $5 million dollars was playing a lot of boundary corner he wasn't necessarily boundary or field corner he wasn't playing a lot in the slot getting that kind of money but it would be kind of cool though the fact that now you have him and you have three capable corners in my opinion now jc horn obviously we'll see but first round pick they're expecting him to start day one opposite of dante jackson as boy is gonna be out for those first two weeks uh based off of the PED sus- e. suspension when you come when he comes in and dante if he's healthy and horn can be the guy who they expect him to be and think he is he got three legit corners which the panthers have not been able to say for a long time y'all so i could see a combination of any of those three playing nickel while also throwing in jeremy chin All right, Percy, who asked me a question uh, about Mick Mixon, who I talked about earlier as he's retiring as the voice of the Carolina Panthers after his 17th season coming up here in 2021. He says, who do you think will be in line to take over the voice of the Panthers role? Mick has a way about him. He's super eloquent and a funny and a fun storyteller. Excuse me. Yeah. He is, and that's why I like him a lot. I don't really need guys to just be going nuts. Like I've heard some of these NFL radio broadcasters, at least some of the the analyst dudes, and there's a lot of people who just really aren't that good. Mick Mixon is fantastic, and Panthers fans really appreciate the job that he's done. I know some of y'all think he's boring. I, I, I understand the criticism. I really do. I just think he is a lot better than what you think. And that's like, and that's someone who that comes from the media and like play by play is not easy at all, especially on the radio where there's no visuals at all. And for him to be able to do that job for as long as he's done it as well, he's done it. He really deserves a lot more credit than some of y'all have given him. But in terms of who might take take over, I've seen Jim Zoki, who's already part of the, the, the radio network. and He's been there for a long time. I'm I, Maybe, I don't know, maybe Zoki's been there day one. I can't remember. Uh, I, he would be great. Especially to have paid your dues, been here, understand the organization, understand the franchise. That would be great. This is also going to be a job, as soon as people saw this, that's going to be widely sought after. There's only 32 of these jobs in the NFL. So I can imagine that there's going to be plenty of great broadcasters out there who are going to be dying to be the voice of the Panthers. But I would love to see Jim Zoki get this opportunity after having worked there for so long. Final question of the week. Jake asked. he says, Shy Smith, question mark. If Marshall, as in Terrace Marshall, shows his health is going to remain an issue, do you think Shy Smith could step into the wide receiver role if Robbie leaves after the season? I watched a lot of what he did in college, and for what I've seen from OTAs, he's still being a stud. And yeah, that's been one of the videos, I think it was uh, Bill Voth the Panthers.com about put the video of Sam Darnold throwing to Shy Smith. Yeah, Shy was really good this past season at South Carolina. I have a lot of friends who went to South Carolina, so I spent a lot of time this fall watching them play that just miserable two and eight season the game Cox had and one of the lone bright spots of the entire season was shy smith he was fantastic And i was actually talking to my friends during the games being like yeah i mean he's working his way into being you know maybe a third or fourth round pick it, it turns out that he goes what in sixth round based off of i guess character issues whatever the issues he had early on in south carolina but he had a really good season last year uh who knows maybe he develops into that wide receiver too if Terrace Marshall has the, the continues to have issues with his knee, and it's all precautionary right now, but that continues to be an issue past this season because I don't think Robbie Anderson will be back next year just based off of his age. going to be 29-2022, and it's going to be the last chance and really his best chance ever to get paid a ton of money, especially if he has another season like he had this past fall in 2020. I would rather the Panthers just like go out and find another receiver via the draft. I, I think that's probably something they're going to pro- do anyway if they lose Robbie Anderson, just because why not? There's so many good receivers coming out of college nowadays where you don't have to draft someone in the first or second round. You can get guys later on in the draft, and they can really turn out to be great players. So we'll see how it works out there. I don't necessarily think Shai Smith is going to be wide receiver two, if anything, projecting long-term. And I talked to Josh Norris the other day, and he's not necessarily all on uh, Terrace Marshall being wide receiver number two. So maybe that's Shai Smith, but I doubt it. He's probably likely to be kind of that third wide receiver option down the road if he does end up having a solid role here for the carolina panthers wide receiver two i don't know but if needed if need be and robbie anderson's out is gone from carolina and terrence marshall is dealing with injuries maybe Shai smith can step up in that role if that's the case i don't know if that's the best thing for the carolina panthers but hey i'm willing to give shy smith a chance certainly because i love what he did last year at south carolina and apparently he's looking pretty good so far throughout the uh otas down in carolina All right, guys, that wraps up another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On podcast network hosted by me, Julian Council. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify. Also, make sure to check us out on Odyssey, on Google Podcasts, on Stitcher, and pretty much wherever you get your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where I need you to tweet at me every week. Or you can DM me for the participation for the weekly Friday mailbag that we're doing here throughout the offseason on Locked on Panthers. Enjoy your weekend. Stay safe. I appreciate y'all's support. I will talk to you on Monday. A
1: hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.